Before the arenas, before the awards, this is Before Nashville, the podcast. Here's your host, George Davis. And welcome back to Before Nashville. This is the podcast where we're introducing the country stars of tomorrow to the country fans of today. And tonight I have two young ladies joining me, and I want to give you just some quick stats about them. 17,000 plus content interactions on Instagram. 10.4 million fans reached on Facebook. All right. Also, um, their new single is included on New Boots, Wild Country, Breakout Country, Fresh Finds Country, and New Music Nashville. Welcome to Before Nashville, Presley and Taylor. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here talking with you today. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining in, and I do appreciate it because I know y'all are super busy. I was talking to Craig earlier, and he said he's got you guys booked pretty much uh, from now until the end of the year, whether you're playing music or not. So that's good to hear. That's right. Craig keeps us busy, for sure. Well, that's awesome. It's it's been a while since I've got to to see and talk to y'all. I don't know. It's been several years, actually. I think I saw you in Nashville at uh, CRS the last time I was down there, and that's been a couple of years ago. But yeah. so what uh, what's been going on in the last uh, twelve months? Well, let's skip the twelve. The last year doesn't count. What went on in twenty nineteen for you? How about we do that? Twenty twenty is a wash. <laughs> Well, as we all know, 2020 was kind of a crazy year, but I feel like Presley and I were really blessed. Um, at, the begin- at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, we released some new music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started working with a new producer, James Stroud, who is incredible. He um, has worked with everyone from Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, Clint Black, oh, just yeah. all <laughs> of our favorite artists he has worked with. And, um, <laughs> We got connected with him and we started working on some new music that came out again late 2019, early 2020. And um, it went really well for us and we were really excited about it. And then, of course, quarantine happened, you know, COVID hit. And um, it was really it was really sad at first because we watched all of our shows get canceled for the summer. And we weren't really sure what to do next. But I feel like, you know in some ways, like as, as hard as it was, it was a blessing in disguise for us because Presley and I were really able to hone in on our online audience. And we really put a lot of effort into that, uh, this past year and it paid off because, um, we actually got signed to our very first record deal this summer with white Mustang records. And we released our first single with that label called everybody sees it. And it's been doing extremely well. We're so proud of it. It's already at over 300,000 streams on Spotify alone. Um, So that's incredible. We never imagined that one of our songs would reach that many people, but it has, and we're really, really proud of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, in the intro, it's on New Boots right now yeah. and Wild Country and right. Breakout Country, which are some of our favorite Spotify playlists on Apple Music. It's basically anywhere you can stream. Anywhere oh, cool. you can stream, yeah. And, yeah. and it's really cool to, like, see our song on a playlist with so many artists that we, like, aspire to be like and look right. up to and, you know, want to be as successful as them one day. Well, and you ladies, I mean, y'all have kind of been 
pushing this for a while. I mean, I remember when I first met you, you were 17 and 18, somewhere around in there. I mean, you were fairly young, and that's been, yeah. you know, a while back. And and not that you're that old. Let me retract that so I don't get myself <laughs> into trouble. But you, you've really come a long way. I see you guys on Facebook and Instagram all the time doing something. <laughs> And I think that's so awesome. I think with COVID, Nashville and the artists have really adapted. And it's been the, the thing is, and well, before I say it, I, I'm just going to pose the question to you because of that. And I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself on some of the questions, but do you think that this is going to be, and I hate to use this term because I am so sick of it. Do you think it's going to be a new normal for Nashville? Because it has been good for y'all to do that, even after tour starts back up you can still stay connected to your audience and to your fans that way absolutely i think like taylor said it was at first i think it was a learning curve for everybody to kind of switch from all live shows with an audience in front of you to the live streams and you know you see the comments pop up but you don't hear any clapping it's just a different a different way of doing it um but i do think that it was a blessing in disguise because it did open i think all of our all of the musicians here and everybody like it opens everyone up to just a majority, like way more people than you could see, you know, in certain places. And and I think that's a really cool part of it. I hope it's not the new norm. I think it's a great accent to what Mm -hmm. we do um, playing live. Um, But I don't, I don't want to get rid of, playing yeah that's such a special thing and that's what we live for so it's it's kind of hard not to have that but i think if we can play live and then have the live streams and all that good stuff to stay in contact with everyone on top of it right it would just be yeah that's what i was gonna say i don't know i mean i don't think it will be the new normal i think everyone is hoping to get back out playing live seeing people face to face like feeling the energy of a show and a live people audience. love live music i mean live oh, music yeah. is life-changing for people and <laughs> i i don't think we could ever not have that in our world absolutely right. and i but i also think like the streaming and everything um opened up a new door that it's probably going to be both in the future yeah. which right. is a really cool thing for artists I think that's kind of where I was heading with that. Where not necessarily a new norm, but it is an asset to what you're already doing with the live shows. And when we get to go back to that, which hopefully, from information I was reading today, although I don't particularly like the time frame, could be as early as fall this year. So, I mean, I hope it'll be earlier. But that's according to a um, a. A respected person in the medical field, I will say that, and I'll just leave it at that. But that's what that's what he said today. We're we're giving it to God, and you know, whatever He has planned, we're ready for it. And we're just going to look at the light just right in front of us, and you know, do the best we can in the moment, and you know, hope the best for the future. Right. So now. This is something I read about the two of you, and I just want to put it out there, and then I'm going to go back to to my questions here. Um, Presley, you've been tagged as kind of the cool, sexy one, and you kind of carry that attitude. (laughs) This is what your publicist sent me, so don't look at me. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> and uh, and Taylor, you've got kind of a classy, bold taste. 
as you can so, see. Exactly. <laughs> so video watches out there. Right. So, I mean, and that's kind of, I mean, the two of you have been that way pretty much since I've met you. I mean, you just kind of, you're, you're sisters, but you don't have a parallel universe. I mean, you're each your own person. But you're a duo and your sisters, and I think that's amazing yeah. and awesome because sometimes when you get into that, one of them may be a little – I mean, they, they're different, but they try to conform to make mm-hmm. that, you know, what Nashville wants. And right. I applaud the two of you for not doing that. I mean – Thank you. Um, yeah, like you said, Taylor and I have been um, in the music industry since she was 14 and I was 16. We started doing this when we were in high school mm-hmm. um, professionally. And I think that it's given us a lot of time to grow and to figure out who we are and how we want to portray ourselves uh, to the world and for our brand and everything, you know, and I think that's really important. And Taylor and I are super hands-on, you know, and super authentic with everything that we have coming. I mean, pictures, all that stuff. Like we're very, um, we're both very passionate about being who we are and not letting anybody kind of change that. Um, So Taylor definitely is like, she's so classy and like has this great sense of style and, you know, I am who I am and (laughs) I, you know, I wouldn't change it. And I I think we got some really good advice. Actually, I would say about two years ago um, from a woman that we were working with and she said, you know, it's okay. Cause Taylor and I are not twins. A lot of people think that we're twins. We're two years apart. So I'm two years older than Taylor. And, um, the, di- the fact that we can differentiate and we do have our own sense of style and we have our own personality, you know, not everyone's going to love one person. So to have the option, you know, somebody might like Taylor's style more than they like mine, but they still like the group because they have Taylor right. who they look up to, you know? So right. I think that's really special. And I think it's a really positive thing with having two sisters. And I feel like we have a little something for everybody to well, in talking about the age difference, let's go back to even further. Let's talk about growing up, where you grew up, when you got to country music, when you were both like, hey, this is what we want to do, and we're going to chase our dream. Mm, totally. So we actually grew up in Connecticut, which really shocks a lot of people. They're like, you're from Connecticut? How'd you get into country? But honestly, if you went to Connecticut, you would find out you understand. country music is a big deal there. It's, it's alive and well in Connecticut. So right. um, we grew up on country music because of our family, our parents and our grandparents. It was all their genre of choice. And it's what we grew up listening to. Um, so we've always loved it. We've always loved it. And then, um, when we were 14 and 16, it was like around Christmas time and Presley for her Christmas present had begged our parents to go into the recording studio just to do a couple of songs. Um, so they let us both go. They like finally said yes after like two months of her begging them. Um, and we went in and we planned on just doing two songs, you know, like one each, each of us sing a song and that's it. But it quickly, like it quickly turned into a whole album that we did at 14 and 16. And, um, we released a couple of singles onto music row and everything just snowballed from there. I think like literally from that moment that we went into the studio, I mean, we had loved music our whole lives. We had sang our whole lives. Yeah. Theater and all of that. And, um, I think when we went to the recording studio, we were like, this is it. This is definitely what we want to do. And we've been just chasing it down ever since. So, yeah, it's cool. I mean, and to get from our parents too, like, I think everyone around us, because 
you know, 14 years old, you're a kid at that point. And I think the people around us that were grownups looked at the situation and thought that there was really something there that, you know, we could grow with and we could get better at. And I think that has been the most fun thing for Taylor and I is just for us to look back on, oh my God, like, look at what we did when we were this age and like, now look at what we're doing. And it's just, it makes us feel really accomplished and uh, it pushes us to want to keep growing. So when we look back five years from now, we're like, Wow. You know, right. that's, that's what motivates us, really. So with being 14 and 16, when you started out and you go in the recording studio, two questions. The first one I'm going to ask is, what was the first song that you recorded as a duo? <sighs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so is this song, at first, you know, I'll be honest with you. We sang, like Taylor said, we sung our whole lives. We loved singing. We're best friends. We have been inseparable since we were kids. Right. And when we first started, we really did not understand harmony, honestly. It, harmony is a skill, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a skill to sing harmony. I think that a lot of it, because we're sisters, it came a lot easier when we started to hone in on that craft. Um, but when we first went in the studio, we sang separate because we just didn't know anything about harmony. We, yeah, that whole first album was like Presley singing lead on one yeah. song and me singing lead on the next song yeah. and then mm-hmm. vice versa. Cause our parents wanted it to be fair. You know, right. they wanted everybody to get a chance to try it. And then when we started doing live shows is yeah. when we were like, well, you know, I don't want to stand there while you're singing right. the entire song. <laughs> so that's when we started to really learn harmony and i have to say like it is a skill it's and a skill. yeah mm. but but once i love it once you got it, it it's my favorite honestly like harmony got is better it, than lead sometimes it was like riding a bicycle and now it's like it second is. nature it's and so another thing that we had that was really special was um our parents like we said were really really involved with the whole situation when we were kids and even now but um when we did go into the studio and we were recording they had um background vocals on the songs already so being able to go through and listen in that mixing process and pulling out harmonies and hearing that was something that we had not heard before and it was just really cool because we started to recognize what it was and then we were able to learn it and now like i said it's my favorite thing is to sing harmony Mm -hmm. um and i think it's really cool too the thing that we do is we switch yeah, and all our songs. Right. And people might not know that because I feel like our voices, they're definitely different once you get to know us, but they mm-hmm. might sound similar. Yeah, on a first listen. On right. all of our songs that we've released in the past, you know, two years, um, we switch lead, mm-hmm. like in the middle of the song. You might not even know we did it, but we like, <laughs> we switch. Kind of like being twins so. and switching up on your boyfriend and he never knows. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no one even knows, so... But it's cool. It's cool. It's kind of made our sound what it is today. Right. So with you doing that, were there early classes, vocal classes, you know, coaching, things like that? I mean, I know you've been in theater. I know you've done things like that in school. Were you, when you started singing harmonies, did you have to get a vocal coach or was it just kind of a fell into it and used your ears to pick it up? Well, we had, we had a, um, when right around that time, our mom kind of saw what was happening and she just, we're from a really small town. There's like 3000 people in our whole town. Mm -hmm. And, um, someone that my mom had grown up 
uh, with her son, she knew that his mother gave vocal lessons. So we did get vocal lessons. You know, we learned classical Italian songs and little yeah, notes sang and, in Italian. We sang like all of the Broadway music right. and like, and it gave us a great foundation. Um, right. But then, like you said, when it comes to harmony, did we have a coach that we really didn't have any more vocal training after that? Um, it was a lot of it was honestly our dad helped us. Yeah, we were in the we were in the vocal school of our dad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would all play with him yeah. after school, like every I think day, it was one summer or something. Because yeah. I remember it every day. But no, it was after school or after, after school. school. Um, we would sit down at the kitchen table and he would play guitar and we would say, like, "Do you hear it? Do you hear the harmony?" Yeah, he'd be, like, he'd be trying to teach us the harmony. He'd be like, "It's flat, it's flat," you know. Like, so that's how we really. Really, um, honed our skill like we knew you know this note's flat this note's on this note's a harmony this yeah. note's not you know <laughs> so oh, we have to awesome. thank our dad for that yeah we have to thank our dad for that for sure <laughs> nothing like the school of pop instead of the school of rock only it's not pop music it's dad so that's always <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. always a great one so when you're i mean you're to the point now you're singing together you're harmonizing you're learning that kind of stuff you get through high school did either one of you ever consider, hey, maybe I want to go to college and step away for a bit? Or did you just plow right on through and go? That's a funny story. Yeah. I'll start. So basically, because Presley is two years older, mm-hmm. when I was a junior in high school, Presley graduated, right? So she Presley went to college. Um she went for three years. She actually went to Belmont for a semester here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And then she transferred back home to Connecticut because she missed me too much. But um, <laughs> so she came back and um, went to Sacred Heart University. And when I graduated high school, we both uh, fully intended to, like, go to college and get a business degree um, while doing music. And... Um, I went to my first semester of college at the same school that Presley was at and I was there and I just felt, um, I really felt a calling, uh, to move. I felt Mm -hmm. a calling to move to Nashville at that time and not to wait. Um, and I think everything happens for a reason and there's a reason why, you know, people feel certain things like that. And I'm so glad, like I had to, you know, I actually remember the day, but, um, Presley was having a great time. Like, yeah, it's like I had a whole different situation. I like went for two years and I wanted to leave and she was still in high school. So obviously our parents were like, nope, everybody's staying in school. There's no leaving. So I had to kind of adjust to that and get into the whole college thing. So my last year of college, I really did enjoy that third year. And I was like happy to be there. She was like so happy to be there. And I was like, finally, after two years, I liked it. (laughs) I I was in my first semester and I was just, um, you know, feeling like this pull to move to Nashville, just to go and just start, you know, fully pursuing music because I knew it's what we wanted to do eventually. So why not, you know, do it in the moment? So I remember we were, I, we went to like breakfast cause we spent every day together. We were on the same campus. Yeah, we were like stuff. two minutes from each other. We went to breakfast and I was like, please come with me. I was like begging her. I was like, we have to go. Like we have to go now. We can't wait anywhere. We have to go. And I, I like begged you to go. And then she agreed, like reluctantly agreed. She did. It. Right. I think she did it cause she loves me because I brought, I don't know, but you did it for me. So we went, um, that December we made the move and we came to Nashville 
And then we continued our uh, call it like our school online. And um, we've been doing online school on and off now uh, for the past two years. But that's when we made the move. And um, we just started fully pursuing our career when we moved here. And honestly, it, like, I think it all happened perfectly and how it was supposed to happen because I'm really happy with where we are now. And right. I think you are too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah totally. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so who are your biggest influences? I mean, I, I know one of them. Um, and that's Miss Pam. Uh, you guys are, she's been kind of a mentor to the two of you, I think. Uh, who else beside uh, uh, Miss Pam Tillis would you guys say are influences for you? You know, we have so many, but as far, I just want to say something about um, Pam because right after we moved here actually it was before we moved here yeah it was it was a couple years before we moved here we had met Pam through a mutual friend and she sang on a single with us called Heart Over Mind Mm -hmm. and she was the first artist in Nashville that we met that we had grown up listening to and then we met her and got to spend a lot of time with her which was really just amazing to spend time with her (laughs) it was kind of like a pinch me situation like we'd be driving down the road and like Pam Tillis was like in our car and we were like (laughs) (laughs) because we love her music and we've always loved her music and she is such an incredible human just like so energetic so creative just Mm -hmm. such an artist you know and we learned a lot from Pam um and because she's just amazing. So we learned right. a lot from her. But as far as other influences um, for us, I mean, we really draw from everything. I think Presley and I, we have a saying that, like, you know, there's two types of music. There's good and bad. So it doesn't really right. matter what genre. You know, we listen to pop. We listen to rock. We yeah. listen to country. We listen to traditional country. We listen to modern country. Like, we listen to everything and just try and take all of the good from it. And, um, right. yeah. Totally. So, so we have so many influences, if that helps. <laughs> where where would you plug your music into? Because I, I'm going to share with you my thought about country music and where it's at today. Country music has developed into so many, I call, subgenres. You've got, like you said, you've got modern country, you've got pop country, you've got country rock, country rap, classic country, alternative country. Anything you hear on the radio, it can be turned into country pretty much. Where do the two of you feel most comfortable in those, in any, like, it doesn't have to be necessarily one, but where do you feel like is your place in country music? I feel like we can't really put a stamp on it at the moment because I feel like, like I said, like we feel like there's good music and there's mm-hmm. bad music. So we know we're country artists because it's our roots. It's who we are. It's what we love and it's what we're creating. Um, but I don't, you know, I would have to almost have someone else listen to the music we're releasing and say, Oh, that's, you know, this kind of country, if you wanted to call it that. But right. um, I don't yeah. know. I think we're just us, you know? Right. Yeah. And I feel like we're so, ever evolving um at this stage in our lives and growing um and i feel like we are just trying to figure out you know we have so like taylor said we just have so many influences and so many things that we 
hone in on and analyze and love. And so when you hear our music, it's coming from a lot of different places. But I think like Taylor said, the basis of everything that we do comes from this extremely um, educated and strong background in traditional country music, um, which to me lays the... I felt blessed to be so involved and have had such an appreciation for that at a young age, because I think it laid the foundation for who we are and, you know, what we want to sing about and how we want to, you know, bring light to the world. And we don't want to bring darkness. And I think that's a huge thing for us. And I think sound wise, it's ever changing. And I think we're really like her and I are really modern people. We're really like, I don't know. We're just into so many things and not to say that our music is that traditional, but those values from that, that we learned growing up are in our music without a doubt. And we just want to make like the coolest, like music that everybody loves. Like everyone wants to sing to it. It's an anthem for everybody, guys, girls, and it's strong and it's not bubble gum, you know, not what everyone else is doing. It's, it's very much our own thing. Right. So, um, you guys are sitting there talking about moving. You moved to Nashville. You've been there for four or five years. Three, three oh, years. This year's, year. yeah, yeah. Third year. Mm-hmm. Here. Okay, I just made you older than you are. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> What's one thing you? Twenty three, and I'm twenty one. Okay, so that'll help. <laughs> What's one thing that you wish you had known? before you moved to Nashville that you found out since being in Nashville? Mm-hmm. I personally didn't think we were going to make any friends. And I, that was just my big <laughs> thing was like, I just thought it was going to be her and I kind of on our own and having to figure things out. And I think the thing that I learned about Nashville in itself, and I mean, with everything that's happened in the last year as well, the community here is so strong um, and it uplifts everyone. I mean, I don't think there's other music communities like Nashville, which is the craziest thing. I I mean, like to us, like everybody supports everybody. Like you want to help each other. You want to get to where you're going. Cause like, if you succeed, we're succeeding. Like we're all in it together. Um, nothing's taught me that like Nashville has without a doubt. And, um, I would just say too, like the other thing is like for us, like instead of having like this anxiety about like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? What are we going to be? What are we like, just sit back, like work hard, work harder than anybody else and enjoy what you're doing and let the things happen and let them come and And enjoy it. Don't enjoy it. Don't stress about it. (laughs) Right. Well, that answers the next question I was going to ask because that was, if you went back to that time and you could have conversations with yourselves, then, you know, kind of like, you know, a letter to me that Brad Paisley wrote, uh, if you could go back and do that, what would you say to your younger selves? Or if a new artist come up to you and they kind of looked up to you and you felt they felt kind of like looked at you as mentors, what would you tell them to prepare them or to coach them along? Yeah, I think um, one thing that's really important in our industry, I'm sure in other, you know, industries as well is um relationships are extremely important and in order to foster relationships you have to be genuine and you have to know who you are and you have to kind of stand by that and um i think be true to yourself is like cliche as it sounds is really seriously 
a big thing because people people can see right through you when you walk into a room, you know? So if right. you're not confident in yourself and if you don't know who you are, it's going to be really hard to, to push through all the people that are around. So I think being true to yourself and just, you know, being strong in who you are is really, really important and have a good support system. Like we have each other for that, which I think is the biggest thing, you know, like biggest blessing is we have each other. We have our parents who really instilled those values in us, you know? So, cause at 14 years old, having to go talk to radio program directors and make cold calls and all this stuff is like very intimidating. Right. And I think, to have done that at such a young age does instill like a sense of I can do this, you know, and to any artist, like you can do it, like go talk to that person, go say hi, smile, like you can do it, you know, right. don't, don't doubt yourself. Since you brought that up, let's talk about radio tours for a minute, because this is something I've kind of been back and forth with talking with different artists. And I, I didn't, I, this is not even a question that I had written down. It's just one that came to me. What are five things that you feel like you have to have to be prepared for a radio tour? I mean, to to explain that to people who are listening, uh, a lot of the artists, they'll release a single, especially independent artists, and they will travel the country, be it in their own vehicle or, you know, they're driving across the country. They're putting thousands of miles on a car in the summer, going from radio station to radio station, introducing themselves, introducing their music getting to know program directors and music directors and on-air personalities and that's a radio tour and on my side of it all i have to do is write out some questions to ask and be prepared but on your side there's a little bit more it's a little more involved than that Yeah. Well, I think I would take coffee first of all. Get up really early for radio. Yes. Yes. You might hit more than one in one day, so you want to be prepared. Um, I would say, like my best advice, because we did radio tours when we were really young. Really. So again, Mm -hmm. it was so like nerve wracking and intimidating. It would be different now. I'm like, I'm excited for our next round. Our next radio tour. I feel like it's gonna be so much. Fun, like yeah. because because we went through that. We yeah. we yeah. went through the first time jitters and all. Which of is that. just life. You go through that. And like you are like that. You know. Yeah. Right. But I would say like always put your best foot forward. So go in. You know. Mm-hmm. Don't just roll out of bed and go yeah. in. Like artist up. Like bring a presence with you and um, like just be ready. Just put your best foot forward. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Be kind to everyone you meet, no matter who it is. Like yeah. whether it's the program director or you know the janitor like whoever it is just be kind to everyone um definitely like have a clear message when you go on air um of what you want to tell the people who are listening um so you want to tell them about your new music that's out you want to tell them why you love it and why you hope they would love it um you know you want to tell them a little bit about yourself so just go in prepared on what to say and what you want to get across in an interview with someone. 
Um, when you sing, take the headphones off. Take the headphones <laughs> off. That is a, don't keep them on. One, okay, that was that was worth a million dollars yeah. right there. When you go in, take the headphones yeah. off. Sing to the room. The mic will pick you up. Um, that's great. That's a that great had one. to have been five, right? Yeah, I think that was five. I love that one. That was that was good. <laughs> so. You know, like you said with the radio tours, and and Taylor, you made a statement, and I'm trying to think of exactly what that was. Oh, I know what it was now. You were talking about when you go in, you meet the program director, take gifts, because I can tell you right now, as a program director, yeah, we love them. So... (laughs) I'm just, just a kidding. Snap, like, you know, something oh, yeah. like donuts yeah. or like something nice. It's always yeah, something. Something to remember you something guys. Something to remember Right. Us. Yeah. Right. They, I mean, I've had all kinds of stuff from coffee mugs to bandanas to donuts to, I mean, a lot of stuff. I've had it all. Um, you probably had too, too much stuff. Maybe that wasn't a good one. <laughs> You're like, please don't bring any more stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> My desk can't hold anything else. It's about to collapse as it is. I totally get it. Um, so you've got the new single out. That, I'm sorry. Did I cut one of you off? I think one of you started to say something there. No, no. You're no? good. Okay. So you've got the new single out, and it's called Everybody Sees It. And this song, I, I got to tell you, I, I fangirled a little bit whenever I saw who wrote the song. First off, we did too. Because I am a major fan of Tennille Arts. I love her. Um, we are too. Her writing, her voice, her—I mean, her. She's she's just the total package. And then you've also got Aaron Goodman on there, and you got Adam Wheeler as the writers on the on the new single. Everybody sees it. How did that happen to come about? I mean, was this one of those where people were pitching you songs and you just you? Did you ever look and see who wrote it before you listened to it, or do you listen to it first and then worry about the writers? Yeah, so, um, you know, since we started working with James, our producer, mm-hmm. um, we the first CD he gave us, Presley and I almost fell out of our chairs because we have been, you know, writing for years. We've been listening to demos for years. Um you know, to pick up music for projects or for singles. And um, when we started working with James, he handed us a CD and, and he said, you know, see, just see if, you know, anything jumps out to you, if you like anything on this. And we get in the car and we start listening to this CD and um, the singers on the demo, the demos, right? Right. Were, um, Casey Musgraves, Miranda Lambert, Ashley Monroe, Brandy Clark, all of our favorite female artists. And we we just about fell over. We were like, wait, she's not going to release this? We're like, <laughs> like, it's incredible, right? So, um, so that was a, a really cool moment. And Tennille um, Arts, Aaron Goodvin, and Adam Wheeler wrote Everybody Sees It. And when we heard the demo, um, we actually we heard her voice. So we knew yeah, it we was Tennille. Uh-huh. Um, usually we don't look at the writers. We usually don't look later. at the writers until after. But sometimes, you know, you just it's unmistakable. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. So we did hear uh, her voice on it. And 
we loved the song immediately. I mean, it definitely jumped out to us. We had, we've been writing and listening and writing and listening um, for that first single. And we recorded a lot of music along with that song. And the coolest part about recording is just taking, um, you know, taking a song and, and making it your own and making it our sound and just making it our own. Mm-hmm. Um and when we did that with Everybody Sees It, it always just jumped out with a pile. Like right. when people would listen, they would be like, oh, I love that one, you know? So that's kind of what inspired us to make it our first single. But yeah, we, we definitely fangirled when, you know, we found out it was in fact Neil Arts because we thought it was her. And then we found out the writers were like, that's really cool. Yeah. Right. Well, knowing the two of you for, a, you know, a little bit, it... it when I first read about the single, it said your first single, and it it was just hard for me to comprehend because I'm going, no, it's not. But it's your first single with with White Mustang Records. Correct, correct. And yeah. so I had to wrap my head around that, which was really hard for me because I'm going, this is not their first single. I wanted to, oh, no. you know, get a hold of somebody at your record label and go, what are you thinking? You know, this is not their first single. I, I probably played the first single, you know. I mean, yeah, come on, probably. don't don't feed me that. Yeah. But uh, it, it was just, it was kind of odd for me. But I, I first, I want to congratulate the both of you on, you know, getting signed to White Mustang Records. It is a new label out of Nashville. I think it just started like in the past year, basically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the two of you are the first signees to it. Yes, we are. Okay, so that's really awesome. And that's actually a label that that James started, your producer. Correct. That's correct. So that's, and that's really, and I I like James' stuff. I mean, the man, he's got, uh, he's got more number ones than a lot of artists, you know, probably 10 artists put together as far as a producer. (laughs) I mean, a few hits under his belt. <laughs> yeah, plus all the other, you know, he's done so much. And to have a producer like that behind the two of you with the harmonies that you have and then just your solo voices and all that just makes for a really fantastic combination that comes across really well in the song. Yeah, James is, James is an incredibly um, accomplished and really special person. Um Taylor and I have gotten very close with him over the last almost three Three years years now. And um, even now we sit in a room with him and he tells us stories and he talks about things with us and about the music business that we sit there pinching ourselves. Like (sighs) what are these stories we're hearing? Like he told us about, like he produced Whitney Houston for a movie one time. And it's like, what, like, how are we here? Like, how are we sitting right. with you? You know, it's just crazy. And he's just so wonderful. And he's given us um, so much. And he's given us such an edge, I think, in 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 this music business and what definitely. we're doing in country music. I mean, he. I think he has definitely helped us define our sound and, like, our genuine sound that's authentic mm. to who we are as young adults and um, as we've grown up and that's like really special that he could do that for us. And we're just so proud of the music and we're really proud that he believes in us as much as we believe in him with our music. And we just feel really blessed that he yeah. signed us. And the whole team, I mean, there's a Dwayne Brown um, is, is the president of the label and mm-hmm. he's just like the 
biggest personality and the best person to hang out with. And, like, he works so hard for he us. He works so hard for us. We love he him. He believes in us. Yeah. And that means everything. That It's just amazing to have so many people that, like, really are like, okay, girls, like, let's get to work. Like, here we go, you know. Right. It's, it's a really, really cool thing. It's a good feeling. Happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's not keep them in suspense any longer because we've talked about the single. It was released in um, don't tell me October, November of last year, right? October thirtieth. So November. Close, yeah, close enough. D- depends on how many beers I had the night before. <laughs> I'm just, I'm kidding, but you know it, it was uh, toward the end of the year. So um, I mean the end of the month. Uh, and the end of the year, I guess, when you're talking October, you're only two months away. But uh, the song is called Everybody Sees It, and uh, I'm going to play that for them, but, but real quickly. Before Nashville is being brought to you by Go-Go Tuners. They're the Go-Go Tuners for touring artists all across the country. You've got to check them out. They have this really cool technology that's green you're in, red you're out. If it's green, you're in tune. If it's red, you're out of tune. Great to put on the, the headstock of your guitar and be able to see it out of your peripheral vision so go check them out at gogotuners.com now i'm going to quit talking and i'm going to play presley and taylor this is everybody sees it on before nashville Everybody sees it Everybody sees it but 
And that's Presley and Taylor. Everybody sees it on Before Nashville. Ladies, that's an amazing song. Y'all did such a great job on that. And even though it wasn't your writing, you still did good. Thank you. Thank you for playing it, too. Well, you're very welcome. I was waiting because I I had my hand here because I thought, okay, any minute now, one of them's going to start singing, and I'm just going to do the old, you know, when you're out at the club and somebody pulls it down, and I was going to catch you singing. I thought, oh, that'd be so cool, but I get it. So (laughs) I'm just relaxed. Y'all just have fun with it. I saw you kind of bebop, and I like Taylor's over there going. She's doing the little thing, you know, with her head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it was awesome. Uh, it was good. What was that like to to record the song itself? I mean, the process of it was it was it lengthy to do that, or did you just kind of fall into it? And it was a really because you felt a part of it. It didn't take long. Um, we kind of have a process that we go through with every song uh, that we're going to record, and it kind of starts. It starts with a, an initial rehearsal. Um, with just us and a player of ours that we go through, we work out all the harmonies, we work out who's singing what, um, we make the song our own in the places that we need to. And then um, at, right after that, we usually go and we play it. We go to Loud Studio and we play it live for James so that he can hear it. And when we do that, we usually sing like five or six songs. Um, right with the intent of recording three of them. So we'll sing five or six songs and then James will kind of help us pick the three strongest that we want to record the next day. Um, And then we do with the three songs that we picked, we do a pre-production thing with James and then we go into the the studio and then that's where the magic happens where the live studio band comes in and they do their thing and, they make all that good stuff on the on the track and on the record. Right. And we cut our vocals, and that's how we get a record. <laughs> so this one, you were actually to do it in studio. I mean, it wasn't like some artists now are having to record because of COVID, um, having to record via Zoom or something like that, or they may record yeah, no it on, way. you know. And uh, if we had to do that, we wouldn't record. We'd wait to go into the studio, honestly. <laughs> yeah, the studio um, is such a special Yeah, oh, yeah. I would never do it over Zoom. So I think that doing it in the studio is special, and um, all our guys, they all wore masks. And uh, the nice thing about Loud well, actually, is actually everybody sees it was recorded before, before yeah. quarantine. Okay. It was actually recorded in February, and then okay. it came out, you know, in October. So, yeah. Right. So you, yeah, you didn't have to deal with that then. Um, no, we didn't for this song, no. Thank goodness, right? So, with that being said, now there's a rumor that I'm hearing, and um, we're going to talk about that in just a second, okay? Because I like to intro this part. This is called I Heard a Rumor. It ain't country, but it sounds good. (laughs) It's I Heard a Rumor, and I heard a rumor that the two of you actually have a video coming out for this song. We're 
so excited about it. It was directed by Brian Vaughn, and if you don't know his name, he just won a CMT award for mm-hmm. Gabby Barrett's video, her I Hope video. Um, but we already filmed it, and it was so fun to it film, so fun. and we can't wait for everyone to see it. It's really cool. It has a great storyline. It's really cool. So can you give me an exclusive and tell me the date it's going to be released, or is that still under... Lock and key. It's still kind of under wraps. I want to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they actually, there's a couple dates being thrown around. Right. So I don't even think we could give you one because there really isn't one. Okay. <laughs> Well, I I've, I tell you, I've had I've been lucky getting a couple of exclusives, but I, I I'm not going to pry. I will take that. <laughs> now let's get into some more fun because this is just some things I like to do. This is a thing that I like to call the iPhone Top Ten. Oh, geez. And you can split it up and do five and five, or if you each want to give your top ten on your iPhone, what are the top ten songs that are on your iPhone right now or within the last week? I'll say that. i got to find my phone. They're using my phone for this interview. Okay, wait. Let's look. We're probably the same thing. We're probably pretty similar. We share all our playlists. Oh, there you go. Oh, what's the Emily Wiseman one, right? Yeah, I've been loving um, Emily Wiseman's mm-hmm. EP. Uh, so my favorite one right now, I, I love all of them, but I've been listening to Out of This Car a lot. I love that um, song. Definitely Gabby Barrett, mm-hmm. Strong. I love that the good song. Ones, album. Strong. Yeah, I can name the whole album. Justin Bieber like, just released a new single. It's called Anyone. It's great. So, so that's, that's on that's mine. Three. That's three. Okay. Um, I would say I was listening to Maren Morris's album, the most recent one that she did. Um, and she has a song called Good Woman. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. <laughs> I would say I'll give another one now. Um, Lennon Stella released an album this year, and I love her music. Uh, so I listen to a lot of her, but I love the song Good Night off of her album. It's just Uh-oh. an amazing song. Okay. Six would be a throwback. Um, it would we, be a throwback. We love Joe Nichols, and uh, we have Joe Nichols jamming all the time all right <laughs> we love everything about him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, i'll tell yeah, him that when i talk to him by the way <laughs> that that will be his i heard a rumor <laughs> what's the one you're listening to that god what is the song the blake shelton one and joe joe nichols uh who are you and i'm not who are you and i'm not looking. okay so okay. your sixth one so we need a seven we need seven okay this one's on you Hmm. Um, we just wrote with Haley Mae Campbell. She's a really, really sweet girl here in Nashville. And I was listening to her music and I love one of her singles called Ghost Stories. So that's definitely at the top of my playlist right now. She's really cool. And we're actually writing with her again um, next Wednesday. So that's in there for me. And we have really talented people that we work with um in our band so we have brent mccullough he plays for trace atkins his song his newest song here with me it just came out so that one we play all the time and then alex kilroy he's our guitar bass players background singer he does everything (laughs) he just released a song as well um called what is it miss Miss My Lovin'. Miss My Lovin', yeah. Okay. And Brent McCullough mm-hmm. produced that one, so that's on our playlist. That's eight or nine. That's, that's nine. nine. We need one, no. one more good one. 
I think we throw it back to like little Shania or something. Oh yeah, definitely Shania. Like Honey, I'm Home. Oh, something right. good. Something classic. Mine, something like that. Right. I I really waited on that because I think the first time I interviewed the two of you, that was kind of where you were at at that point. Was Shania was just the bomb. You know, it was like he's always going to be the bomb. Yeah, <laughs> all all Shania all the time. You can have your own internet radio station for that. Um, so here's a fun one because um, th- this is going to be a two part question. First part: Who takes the longest to get ready? That's like this, an even split. Yeah, that's so even split. It varies, I uh-huh. feel like. Like, I feel like the majority of the time I am ready first, I will say that. But today, oh, my God, I made Presley wait I today. I don't know why. I was just <laughs> lagging. Like, all day I've been behind for I her. I feel like so, usually so on the same page. But we're now. usually pretty, yeah, on the same page, yeah. Okay, now what takes you the longest to get ready? I mean, I'm talking like hair, makeup, picking out outfits, that kind of thing. Mm. Well, all of you have to like lock it's a process. It's a two-hour process. Each like wow. hair, makeup, work because you have to do on. like an hour for your hair, and then you an hour. My hair, I have a lot of hair. You have a lot. Maybe of hair. okay, forty-five for my hair. I do forty-five for my makeup, and then it takes me like twenty minutes to pick out an outfit. It really does come down to about two hours by the time you're done with everything. See, I got you beat. I can be ready in forty-five minutes. I'm in the shower. I'm out. I do my hair. You know. <laughs> I got ready in about, I got ready in this in about 20 minutes today. So I am proud of myself. (laughs) I was like a superwoman. I don't even know what happened, but. (laughs) (laughs) Like, vroom, you're done. I was like, done. (laughs) All right. So you're both on a boat. You're taking a cruise. All of a sudden, the captain comes over the loudspeaker, and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, the boat is sinking. We have lifeboats, enough for everybody. But you can only take one thing on that lifeboat with you. So beside each other, what would each of your one thing be? Oh. I would honestly, like, I'd be like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> it's like, leave I wouldn't really be attached to anything. I'm just going to be like, <laughs> as long as Presley was there, I'd be like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I was just saying, the clothes on my back. I don't know. I mean, I have my, my rider wouldn't be on the boat. He wouldn't be on the boat. You're right. I was saying my dog, but he wouldn't be there. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, the dog. Definitely the dog. Mine would probably be, I don't know. I feel like I would get so much anxiety if I lost my wallet with like my license and my credit cards and like all my money. I would die. I would grab my wallet and go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because your phone to me, like, you can lose the phone because if you have your iCloud and everything set up, like odds are that information is probably on your computer. It's somewhere else. So it's like the phone's like here nor there, but right. the wallet, like the time it takes to get new cards and a new license, I would yeah. definitely take the wallet. <laughs> Just the license alone is enough to make you have to file for social security. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> takes forever. Um, and this one may not pertain to you, but I'm going to ask it because I'm not real sure. I mean, when you're, when you're growing up and, and I mean, you have to play some places that may not be of the best, um, shall we say quality, but people call them dive bars. So okay. if, if you've played at a dive bar, what is your favorite dive bar that you've played in? Oh, is Turkey's a dive bar? 
<laughs> it's pretty I, close. I, I, I don't know if we probably should have Yeah, maybe we'll be told we're saying that. Um, I'll cut that out. <laughs> we have to be honest. We played, well, yeah. well, we played a bar actually one time in Taylor. What Taylor was going to say was like, we were so young. Mm-hmm. We were 14 years old and 16. Our parents, like our mom was like, you're not playing in bars. Like, no. Right. Because we were really, really young. So we just didn't really do that much of it when we were kids. And I mean, we played on Broadway for events and we've been down there and everything. But um, for the most part, we really haven't done the whole bar scene, but we played at this bar. There were two instances, actually. One time we were in Nebraska. Do you remember that? I remember that. We were in Nebraska and we played in a bar. It was actually for a music row station and they had us out. And they they had had sold out that bar. It was crazy. And we're just like 16 years old. Like, oh my God, there's so many people. (laughs) We're so excited. Great show. And they're all drunk. And we're just like up there like, Like, (laughs) yeah. And then the other time was also another radio station we went to was in um, Syracuse, New York. And it was, uh, we sang at that, I remember that bar, we sang Miranda Lambert. And it was yes. actually, it was like, there was multiple artists there, so it wasn't our show. Right. So we sang like three songs. It was our first gig. That was the first time we ever sang like yeah. as a band, like live. It was at a bar. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you went on from there to play. I mean, you've played CMA stages twice, which uh, two years, yeah. two years in a row. I mean, you might as well say twice. It only happens once a year for those of you who don't know. Yeah. Um, but what um, what was the first time you got on the stage at CMA, CMA Fest like? We, okay, the first CMA Fest stage we ever played, WSM Radio actually invited us to sing on the Durango Booth stage. Um, at CMA Fest, uh-huh. and I was, I want to say I was, like, 17, or, si- I was 16, you were probably 18, and um, we were so nervous, we were so <laughs> nervous, but it went so well, and we were really proud of ourselves, I actually watched, I don't think you were there, but I watched the tape back, like, two weeks ago, and I was like, did a good job like in the moment you feel like oh my god i ruined my life but like we did a good job and it was really fun so that was the first experience was yeah. it was good yeah so the the second experience was it were the jitters a little bit lessened or were they just they as bad gone. the jitters yeah. okay. have gone it was the that was second one that was the spotlight stage the spotlight um, stage okay. which is kind of cool because it's like us as artists they're becoming more known and they put right. us in the center there and that was really really cool and uh, it was acoustic and it was a lot of fun we yeah. got to do a lot of and at that point we had moved here we were working with James we were like in our own sound and everything so that was a really cool one yeah. we enjoyed that yeah right. Do you still get nervous before a show? Do you ever have that where you just kind of have, I mean, not, you know, like butterflies? Yeah, sometimes I feel like um, when we were in quarantine and we did a couple drive-in concert shows and we hadn't played for however many, three, four months, and uh-huh. uh, we went out and I think both of us were like, oh, we, we, were, we had like a little bit of the butterflies, but um, that was it. I mean, usually we don't. I mean, we, if you think about it, I would say the the real nervousness. I mean, I think we. I know for me. I was really nervous before I got on stage every time until I was about 19. And then I started getting really comfortable. And now, you know, after that many years of doing it, you're, you're ready and you feel good, you know, and you're like, Oh, this is fun. We're going to kill this. It's great. Yeah. But, um, but it definitely takes a while to like get rid of that stage fright. It takes a lot of experience and, and practice. So 
do you feel like that with the i mean with the jittery the jitters and the nervousness is that um you you two are so positive i mean all the time and i guess that's that that's kind of where i wanted to go with that and and my mind was going one way and my mouth was going another so i had to finally get them to be back up again but you guys just seem so and i'm going to use words from earlier you know you're calm cool collected you're sassy you've got your attitude i mean you've got it all together so i can see where that would help you with that nervousness because you know who you are where you want to be and and pretty much nothing's going to stop you Pretty much that's, that's how pretty it much how, yeah, how it ended up, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so where can you be found on, I mean, social media is a must of any kind of entertainment today whatsoever. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a band, whether it's a rodeo cowboy, you, you have to have social media. Where can yeah. you be found on social media? We can be found everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook TikTok, TikTok <laughs> YouTube, and it's all at Presley and Taylor. Yeah. So, And our biggest thing right now, uh, because we do have this single out, is our Spotify is really, really important. So any streams we can get on our Spotify. Or Presley follow us on Spotify. Yeah. So that yes. would mean a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's very important right now. Yeah. So definitely give us a follow on Spotify. You like us. Yeah, definitely. And then you can go to the website and because you do have your website, they can go and they can sign up for alerts. If by yeah, chance yeah, you're going emails, to be yeah. get emails, you can, you know, if they're coming to a town near you and you want to check them out, I would definitely encourage you to do that. Um, and also, as I said, I want to encourage you to listen to them on Spotify and, you know, the, the, the song, you've already heard it, so you know it's good. So listen to it, you know. 10 or 12 times. Um, I, I mean, I, I normally do that. I listen a lot on Spotify to stuff. Um, I didn't have it on, I had it on, could have got it on Spotify, but I listened to what I was sent. So I didn't get your numbers up. I apologize. Normally the, the last 100 you see on the, okay. Yeah, so you, you're in the clear. Yeah, the, the the normally the last 100 you see on there is me. It doesn't matter who it is because I listen to the artists a lot because I want to be able to. I don't critique the music. I just like to have a knowledge of the music that you're doing. Yeah, you want to know what's going on. It makes yeah. sense. So it's Presley and Taylor. You can find them all over social media. You can find them every place imaginable on the streaming <laughs> platforms i mean they're everywhere and be sure to check them out and just enjoy what they have they've uh, i haven't gone back to see i tell you what i really wish i had and if i would have had it um that probably would have been the introduction to this was the first single i played by youtube because i think first off i think it would have embarrassed you and i wouldn't want to start out by doing and well not embarrassed you but i mean just thinking that oh my gosh we were that young you know yeah. it's, it's it wasn't bad i'm not saying that i am just not doing well with you two tonight i'm just like stepping all over myself and making myself look like a kind of good. Having fun. Uh, we need some of that uh, but yeah hey your positive energy has been amazing tonight and i really appreciate it because sometimes people get on here you know and we've we all have bad weeks you know we've we have busy yeah. weeks and it just sometimes takes i'm a firm believer in music is the absolute cure 
I wouldn't be doing this for as long as I have if I didn't believe that. Because when I, I mean, today, long day, I think one of the best shows I've ever had on the radio. So, and it's all because of the music. Plus, I was looking forward to interviewing you two again. So, it's good stuff. We appreciate you and everything that you do for supporting artists that like us that are, you know, like you said before, you know, and obviously with all our hard work, we hope that um, we can be the next big thing in country music. And uh, so, thank you for everything and for having us on your show. Well, hopefully, one of these days when you're at CMA Fest again um, and you know, maybe soon, but you'll be at Nissan Stadium. I, I, I will, I will do my best to be there. They may grab me and pull me out because I don't have a ticket, but I'm going to get in at least for a little bit. I'm just we'll get kidding. you in. It'll be fine. <laughs> Ladies, y'all have been such a joy to talk to. Again, I appreciate it. Follow them on Spotify. Check them out on uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Music, Google Music, all that stuff. Check out their social media. And while you're at it, after you get done listening to Presley and Taylor, make that your priority. Then switch over to the podcast because we're on Apple Podcast, we're on Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Breaker, Pocket Cast. We're on about nine different platforms. So pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, that's where we're at. So you can hear Presley and Taylor no matter where you're at because you can listen to the podcast and check out their song. So again, ladies, thanks again for coming on. It's been a joy, and I can't wait to see the video for the song. And I can't wait to hear more music from you. Thank Thank you you so much. All right, ladies. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good to see you. You too. You're welcome. All right. And we're clear there. Hang on. Okay. There you are. I'm just making sure that, that you knew we were.